Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, and welcome back to the Balanced Swan Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger, and today we've got my dear friend, Kimberly Snyder, back on the podcast for the third time. The first time she was on the show was actually the first time that we met, which was the beginning of a very special and beautiful friendship in our lives. It's so interesting and fun because I have been a fan, as I'm sure so many of you have, of Kimberly's work for a decade. So when I started my blog in 2013, she was a huge inspiration. I remember looking at her blog and her books and her social media and just thinking, this is it. This is the goal. This is what I want. And it's just so special to have her in my life now and also to connect with her on so many things because a lot of you probably know Kimberly for her huge trailblazing in the plant-based nutrition community. She's a very well-known celebrity nutritionist. She's so good at what she does. Our last episode together this summer is all about eating plant-based while pregnant and getting all those nutrients in. So I highly recommend listening to that. That was episode number 248. I just had to check. That came out in August. And I'm so excited because today's conversation could not be more different or on a more different topic. So you're getting all of the variety from me and Kimberly with this conversation. Today is all about Kimberly's brand new book, which is called You Are More Than You Think You Are. It is a spiritual book, which is truly what her soul is all about. You'll hear in this episode that she started writing her books 10 years ago with the intention of writing a very spiritual book. And then she just went off in the nutrition direction, which can happen so much when it comes to building a brand and a career. And she has done such an incredible job on all fronts. But her new book, You Are More Than You Think You Are, it is deep. It is full of the wisdom that she's learned on her own journey. I told her it reminds me of Louise Hay. I was, and, and Louise Hay is like my number one inspiration in life. So that is a very high compliment coming from me. And she also draws on a lot of teachings and practices from her yoga guru, Paramahansa Yogananda. So if you've ever heard of the autobiography of a yogi, she translates that into very accessible, digestible 
um, chapters and tips for overcoming struggles. And she also shares a lot of her personal life. So this book comes out in January. You can pre-order it now. She has a lot of amazing pre-order gifts and like incredible different opportunities for people who pre-order the book. So I'm so happy to just have her on this conversation, support her. She's become such a dear friend in my life. I love spending time with her and her husband and their kids. Jonathan and I have so much fun with them. Whether we're hanging out at their house in Topanga or in Kauai, our shared mutual favorite place in the world. And this was just a fabulous conversation. So I'm so, so, so happy that we did this. I know that you guys are going to love. If you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, I would love that so much. And you can send me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancedwan.com so I can thank you by sending you my free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. And before we get into this episode, I want to thank our sponsor for today's show, Art of Tea. I'm so excited because I was working with Art of Tea earlier this year. And this is just a really special opportunity to be working with them again at the end of the year. They're my favorite organic tea company. And now that I'm pregnant, I have been leaning on tea like no other. I actually haven't even been drinking coffee for the last couple weeks. I am just all about the tea and specifically Art of Tea. They are an award-winning organic tea company based in Los Angeles, and their mission is to impact as many lives as possible through healthy, delicious, and sustainable brews and blends. Each and every Art of Tea product is designed to help you bring grounded moments of peace, serenity, and joy into your life. They have an entire wellness collection, which is obviously completely TBB approved with handcrafted tea blends rooted in Ayurvedic principles that are each designed to help target specific needs. Their wellness tea sampler pack brings together their cleanse tea, feel better tea, happy tea, and sleep tea. And today you can purchase that and anything else in the wellness collection for 20% off using the code BLONDE. They believe in using only the highest quality ingredients and they source all of their teas from the top 2% of all teas produced in the world directly from small family-run farms. They hand blend and hand package all of their whole leaf teas in-house in Los Angeles. So every single time you order your, your order will be made fresh just for you. They even produce their tea bag sachets in-house. They have a collection of gifts, including ceremonial matcha, teapots, mugs, and a candle in their signature Earl Grey cream scent. It is so perfect. It's so delicious. And it's also the perfect gift for the upcoming holidays. So you have a very special offer for us here. The discount code is blonde. It is valid for 20% off your entire purchase at artoftea.com from now until the end of January. Enjoy and tag me on Instagram when you try. Now let's head into this episode with Kimberly. So excited. I know. Oh, I am like locked in by <laughs> by cords. Oh my goodness. Okay, it's fine. Um I'm so happy that we're doing this on the couch, by the way. It just feels so comfortable. Oh, it's so cozy and just feels really natural. It does. And I smell your oils. <laughs> oh my God. It smells so good. Thanks so well. peaceful. Yeah. I, I like using a little bit of oils before I speak. It just feels like centers mm-hmm. in. I know. I need to do that more often because 
like I was telling you before we started recording, I have been so frazzled and up in the air and we are both air signs. Yeah. So, you know, I have just been like, oh my gosh, just running on adrenaline. And yeah. so it feels so, so good to sit down and be present with you. Oh, I'm so excited. Lo. Me too. It feels like a real treat because I know. you're such a dear friend of mine. And just to have this one-on-one conversation time is, feels sacred. And then we it get to does. share it, which is also amazing. I know it's the best because it really doesn't feel like work. Like how is this our work? We're very lucky. And this is your third time on the podcast, yeah. second time this year. And on our last episode, we were talking about plant-based pregnancy and nutrition, which has yes. been a favorite for everyone listening to the podcast. Yes. And today we're talking about your new book yes. and it is absolutely just gorgeous. Thank you. I have had the pleasure of diving into it over the last couple of weeks, ever since you gave it to me. Mm. And it's really special. Thank you, my love. I have to say of um, all the books that I've written, and this this one's my sixth, this one feels very different than the other ones. I always go in with that intention of, you know, what can I share? You know, how can I help? But this one sort of really did flow through and write itself. This one came down, the idea came down when I was 34 weeks pregnant with Moses, my baby now who's over a year old. And it was not a convenient time. You know, imagine like around where you are pregnant. It was just this, such a strong idea. And I couldn't ignore it. I couldn't push it down. It just really felt like I wanted to come through. So I I reached out to Deepak Chopra, who I'd written um, a book with two books ago. And I said, Deepak, like, you know, here's my idea. And he said, oh my gosh, this book belongs with Hay House. And so I reached out to them and they were like, what's your book about? And then I presented it over Zoom. It was just this beautiful flow. And I did a couple Zoom meetings, wrote a sample chapter. And then three days before Moses was born, I signed my book deal. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> and then I waited 60 days and then I started writing, but not in a, in a, in a pushing way. I just started you know, just kind of getting in front of my computer and putting pen to paper. I like to journal about what I write. And it just, um, just felt like this amazing flow that started to, you know, really snowball and take root. And so this one, um, you know, as I see this book, you know, sitting in your lap, you are more than you think you are. It really doesn't feel like my book. It really feels like it was channeled through. It's, I feel like I'm in service to the book. This, all this information, like all this is, you know, about, it's like my full playbook for living your best life. It's and before I've shared parts of my dietary philosophy or lifestyle principles, but this is really my book for everything, creating your best stuff. This is how I started to write books. It's about abundance. It's about vitality. It's about confidence. It's about being more magnetic versus pushing. And these are the very teachings and principles that helped me create all my best stuff. So it's like, here's the playbook. Here's the full deal. <laughs> yes, it's so special. And just to echo that, it is so different from all your other books, which are largely based in nutrition. And that has been a huge part of what you've done. And this is like, this is your soul in this book, I feel. Well, I got to tell you, love, can I tell you a funny story about yeah. how this whole nutrition thing started? So 
I was, you know, seeking like a lot of us. I didn't really know what I was going to do after college. At one point I thought I was going to be a doctor. Then I interned in a hospital and that didn't go so well. Um, So I didn't know what I was going to do. So I started interning for this marketing company and they had an office in Sydney. So I worked there for a year. I saved some money and then I ended up backpacking. And what was going to be a couple of weeks became a couple months, became a couple years. And I ended up being out there on the road for three years. And I did it very inexpensively. You know, I was camping in Africa, just living out of my car that I then sold back. And I was living in these guest houses and places for a couple dollars a day. Um, And in those three years, I ended up going to India for many months. And it was then I remember I tell the story in the book, I just sort of wandered into this bookshop And I was really drawn to this one book that was calling out to me by this writer I'd never heard of, Paramahansa Yogananda. And I started reading it, my love, and I just, I felt like this fire go in my spine. And he was talking about uh, the, you know, unifying principles and oneness and the underlying energy matrix, all this stuff. I was like, what is this? It was really speaking to my soul. And I didn't really know about yoga and meditation at that point but I really started getting into it and I started going deeper and I started, you know, at first I was like, well, how does this fit in? Like all this yoga stuff fit in with being raised Catholic and Christian. Like, is this a different, you know, religion or what is this? And then I realized it's not about religion. It's not about dogma. It's about oneness. It's about energy. It's about love. It's about expansion. It's about connecting to your true self. And so long story short, I I started following these teachings and, and meditating and doing these techniques and practices. And then I finished backpacking. I went back to New York City because a lot of my family was in the Bronx, Westchester and Connecticut, where I, where I grew up. And I started really applying these principles. Now, when I got back, I was broke. I had no money, but I was, you know, doing a yoga teacher training. So I was starting to teach yoga, starting to get some privates, which was my main source of income. I was going back and studying nutrition. And, um, you know, I started this free WordPress blog and I was just being, writing what I was passionate about. And then it started to really grow. And then this, you know, my first celebrity came on and organically found it. And then I got on a film set and then I started working with more actors and people in the entertainment industry. And it just grew very organically. And I started doing television shows. But the reason I tell you this is because my first book proposal was for a book called Catching the Fire. And it was about some of these principles and it was about my journey on the road. And I, uh, Harper Collins, which was my first publisher, wanted to do the book, uh, wanted to do a book with me. And my first editor, her name was Sarah. She said, oh, but look at your blog. Like people really liking the food stuff and the recipes. So why don't we do a food book first? and we'll do this book second. Oh, wow. So the first book was called The Beauty Detox Solution 10 years ago this year, my love. Oh my gosh, So it was amazing. published in 2011. And then that sort of, you know, started to take off. And then my next book became about food. And that became like what a lot of people saw me as was this nutritionist. But from the beginning, it was these principles that I was using to create um, create, manifest, create abundance and, you know, find true love and do all these amazing things. And when I worked with clients, it was all these principles. It was this whole lifestyle. It was their emotional well-being, their, their perspectives, their beliefs, um, learning to connect into the true self, doing yoga with them. So it was never just about food. But the funny thing is that's what the outside world sort of labeled Mm -hmm. as a lot of my work. So then, you know, there's, you know, as I talk about the book, there were some really difficult um, periods I went through in the last few years where I sort of hit rock bottom. And after coming through that, I was like, 
I want to share what I want to, you know, what I think is really going to help people the most. And so that's where this book came from. That's so beautiful. So this was you all along and that's how it goes a lot of the time. I think <laughs> the public starts to see someone as, as uh, a, some kind of niche and then, you know, they want more from you and more from you. And so you give it. And then I do think a lot of people like loop all the way back around to what they were here to do in the first place. Or, you know, sometimes I think, you know, there's a decision we have to make. And there was, you know, a time before I had the babies, Jordan, where I was working with all these, you know, actors and, and people and I was living with them and I was, you know, doing well and, and getting to go all around the world and press tours and, and movie sets and all this stuff. And I remember there was this decision, like I can keep doing this. It's going great. You know, started a juice bar at the Four Seasons, like more and stuff was coming. But then, you know, it just didn't feel right in my heart. If I was like, okay, this is like perhaps the easier way. This is the path that is, you know, proven and I know I can keep going and doing stuff here and I know I can do really well. But I, you know, as I talk about in the book, when we learn to really tune in and discern the ego versus the true self, the 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 heart is is so intelligent, is so powerful. When we start to go that way, just more and more opens up. And that's real fulfillment. That's when our passions become integrated in our life. That's when the, you know, the the gap closes between, you know, just dreaming and manifesting when we're really in that flow. So I remember just thinking, okay, I, I just can't do this anymore. I can't just talk about, you know, food and um put out another food book. Like it really, this is really what I know in my heart can help people the most. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go for it. I cannot <laughs> even tell you how much I relate. Truly. This has been, this has been my last couple of years of, do I take the path that I've been on and that is going so well and, you know, keep yes. going down that path or do I leap out of my comfort zone and try to feel truly fulfilled in my soul's calling, which we've talked about, which, you know, writing fiction and yes. these other things that I've been super excited about for my whole life. Um, but then, you know, there's all those, no, 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 my career is great. Everything's going so well. I have a brand. It's that back and forth all the time. So your story is so inspiring to anyone who's looking to also shift what they're doing in a way. And this is all still you. So it's not even a huge, it's not a huge shift, but you know what I mean? So it's funny you say that because um, the, what was really important to me in writing this book is that it was very practical. So the, the subtitle is practical enlightenment for mm -hmm. everyday life, because I think sometimes we get these you know big ideas, but we're like, how do we apply this to our life? So the book is in three parts. And the first part is getting past the biggest blocks that hold us back. So fear and um, self-love issues, right? So we need to get past that first. Uh, the great yoga guru, Paramahansa Yogananda says that of the 26 soul qualities that help us reach our, our highest potential as humans, fearlessness has to be number one. Because if we don't get past the fear, we stay very small and limited. And then the second part of the book is really embodying more of who you are. So it's about tuning into um, intuition, creating more peace, uh, being more magnetic, so on and so forth. And then the third part of the book, my love, focuses on what we were talking about being the most powerful, stepping into your um, most powerful uh, potential as a co-creator. 
with divine. So it's very specific how you tune into your specific gifts and passions. And then the practices and exercises are about how do you extract that and start to create it into form, into, um, I want to start a fashion business, or I'm so passionate about a recipe website or a new pet food company or whatever it is. It's about this connecting to this, um, you know, the formless part of us, this stable, creative, loving, courageous, deeply creative and unique part of us, the true self, and putting that into form. So there is a process. And that's how I was able to start to clarify, oh, like, you know, I want to do this and this, and this is actually the path forward. And I can say, love, you know, you're talking about writing novels and doing all this fiction. That's the, you know, the, the, the voice of the true self, the gut instinct that speaks to us. That's something that we can't push down. Mm -hmm. If we do push it down, and many people do, then we may be outwardly successful. We may make the money and have the validation and the followers and all this stuff, but inside it's, it's empty. And yet when we, when we channel that passion and it's different for all of us, but it's always there and we start putting it into form, we start to get into that flow things open up in miraculous ways. I mean, I talked about in the book, the, um, and if you got to the part yet, like how I wrote a book with Deepak Chopra. Uh-huh. And tell us that story. There was just this amazing, so it's a point when my, my work started to become more spiritual and philosophical and more of, you know, in the self-help realm. My third book was called Beauty Detox Power. And it was about really integrating, you know, energy and working with the chakras and understanding the energy of food and the energy of living and um, our emotional energy. And so I was like, oh, the best person to get a quote from this book would be Deepak. I had no connection to him. I didn't know him. I didn't know anybody on this team, but I, I sent it in and I heard nothing. <laughs> so then I just kept following up just like that you know, that like sort of generic email that's on like people's websites. It's mm -hmm. just like, I was very persistent. And that's something that Yogananda talks about is really important is dynamic well. So it's when we start to really channel our energy and focus forward into something that comes from our heart. So it's different when we're like pushing and we're trying to just follow the ego, which makes us, you know, let's say we're comparing ourselves to others. So we push, push, push. That's not of the heart. So the results are not the same. This just came from like deep inside me. Like I really really feel like this is meant to be. So I kept following up. I kept following up. And then one day, one like random magical day, I got this email back that said, okay, we got the book in front of Deepak and he, and he loves it and he will provide a blurb. It's like, oh my gosh. I remember um, I happened to be visiting my parents. And I remember running around the living room because I was ecstatic. So exciting. And so he gave a blurb. And so there was like this connection started to come, right? But I was still not direct to him. I was still with the team. And so I was writing to the team and they were like, okay, um, you know, Deepak would like you to be part of a, a you know, a, a video in the future. And I was like, okay. So it was like starting to unfold, but I was feeling intuitively, this is a path forward. And this is an important channel to nurture. And I just kept feeling, you know, and I talk about this whole process and, you know, you are magnetic. It was, it's about aligning to higher frequency and dropping the, the low stuff, the anchors that hold you back and really opening up because everything is energy. As we know, everything is, is frequency and matching frequencies. This is not like, you know, um, woo woo stuff. There's science that supports this, you know, the 
Stephen uh, Strograntz, like some of his research I quote in there about um, synchronicity that arises in nature out of chaos, where fireflies start, you know, pulsing at the same time. So there is some science to show that this is a this is a real truth. So I was I was doing these practices and these techniques, and I was you know just sort of you know dropping down into my heart. I was getting out of my ego, and then one day, my love, it just happened. I was just in that state. And I was walking in New York City where I used to live. And I just felt this, again, this push of the true self telling me to walk a different direction around Union Square Park. And I went in around the park and I run smack into Deepak on the sidewalk. Oh my God. It was that dramatic. Like this, like face to face. Uh And he'd never met me before. I go, Deepak, it's me, Kimberly. You just read my book. (laughs) And he just looked at me and he smiled and he was super warm and we connected on the spot. And it was then that he gave me his personal information. And then I reached, I was able to, to connect directly with him. And then we met at a coffee shop and we just connected. And in one, you know, two and a half hour meeting, we decided to write a book together. We wrote out the title, Radical Beauty. We laid out the six pillars and it was just this flow. So it wasn't this, you know, this, this pushing that I think in the, in the Western world and, you know, sometimes mainstream media makes us think we have to do, do, do. That's when we're on the surface. That's when we're in, you know, what Yogananda calls the pseudo soul mm-hmm. in the, in the ego and the false self. The more we use these techniques to drop in deeper, the solution to creating and magnetizing is not to be found where the where the issue is. The issue is here on the surface with the ego. We need to go and activate this dormant part of our being, of our personality, and start to work with that energy. And then life opens up. Mm-hmm. And then life becomes one huge synchronicity. It does. So it's like these random things where like, oh, I happened to run into this person or wow, this really thing, this thing just happened to work out. It becomes more methodical. It starts to happen. It starts to become more of a regular occurrence because our energy, our frequency becomes aligned with a greater collective energy. So it's Mm -hmm. like stepping into a river and going down the stream versus trying to paddle upstream. And what I'm so passionate about talking about this, you know, with my love is that everybody can step into this river. Mm-hmm. It's not for, you know, a few, you know, so-called enlightened people, or it's not just for people that sit and meditate for three hours a day. There is a real process to this. There are real techniques that anyone can practice. It's easy to do. We just know how, we just need to know how to direct our energy. Um, yeah. Which is what I love to share about. Yeah. So what do you think is like the first step for someone who just can't even imagine getting into that headspace of letting go of the ego and stepping into this river? So I think that, um, first of all, we we all have experiences of the true self sightings, I call it. You know, it's those moments where maybe you're doing the dishes and you just aren't thinking about anything or you are, I don't know, changing your child's diaper and you're just sort of lost in the love looking into their eyes. You're in the midst of all the poop and all the stuff, Mm -hmm. or you're just kind of zoning out when you're driving. It's those like moments of real stillness. So I I say that first, because even if someone is thinking to themselves, I don't, I, I, you know, I can't even imagine what it's like. We all have those experiences already in life because um, it's part of who we are. Each and every single one of us has this, uh, this, true self access that is inside of us. So one of the first practice chapters in the book 
um, where I talk about is starting to expand those moments of stillness. And so we can start to do that by um, as simply as starting to sit and watch your breath. And most people that watch the breath, they start to focus on the inhales and the exhales, which of course is really powerful and really beautiful as well. But what we want to start to watch is the little gaps the moments in between the breaths where we're in complete stillness. It's like these micro gaps, right? And there's gaps and there's stillness in nature between the sunset, you know, and dusk and between the sunrise and that moment of darkness. And there's gaps in music and there's gaps in, um, in, in all things. There's this stillness. So the more we start to connect to that stillness that's available inside of us, and we start to connect to that stillness in life. It can start to grow and expand. And in those moments of stillness is when the true self starts to speak to us through our intuition, through that gut knowing, through that, like that deeper knowing that is the guide. So if we're on the surface of life and if you know, you're feeling really frustrated in your life and you're just being tossed around and just oh, super exhausted, I could almost guarantee it's because you're letting your ego guide you instead of the, the steadiness of the true self. So again, um, there's, uh, there's um, 21 chapters in the book and each one is a succinct chapter for tuning in to a quality that is already inside of you, whether it's peace, whether it's connecting to your true confidence or your true vitality. And then it's very specific practices to hone in on that because the whole thing, the whole message is like, we're not trying to get something that's still very egoic. Like, let me get this. I have to reach for this. I have to grasp for this versus allowing it. It's like shining off the dust, allowing it to come forth inside of you. So the more we start allowing that um, to happen from the inside, life just doesn't feel as exhausting anymore. It doesn't feel so overwhelming. Just it's like little by little, very small steps start to add up into big realizations, big shifts over mm -hmm. time. It's so true. It's so true. And I love the beginning of the book where you talk about how you discovered Yogananda and yes. these teachings and how the book just leapt off the shelf and you had that fire in your soul. I've had that experience before with books, yes. with walking into like a meditation studio and seeing this Kundalini book like mm. glowing off the shelf. And then it fell, it fell off the shelf. And I was just filled with chills. And then I went down the path of Kundalini, mm. which completely changed my life. Yeah. This was like four years ago. So I felt so connected when I was reading that, that beginning part of your book. And then it seems like you started to really put those practices into your life pretty immediately. Like you, you started living differently. So tell us, tell us about that because that is how you manifested everything from your career to your family, the loves of your life, your children, all of it. So up until that point, I was in that like real seeker mindset and I didn't have a spiritual practice. I, like I mentioned, I was raised Catholic and I, you know, I went to church and all of that when I was little, but I didn't really f feel that connected to the church personally. I, I felt like, you know, it didn't make sense to me this you know, going to confession or this like outside sort of <laughs> thing. And, and I don't know, it just, it didn't really resonate with me. So I didn't really have this sort of tuning in experience. And then from that moment in Rishikesh where that fire came in, it was just this knowing that this was something that could tremendously 
opened me up and 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 just changed my whole life. So from that moment, I started going deeper and deeper into it. I started to understand myself for the first time. Up until that point, I was very anxious. I was my whole sense of self was based outside of me. So what people thought of me, I was always like, you know, am I going to get invited? Am I going to fit in? Go to the cool parties? Am I skinny enough? You know my skin, like my hair, look good. It was, everything was external. Everything was like this constant worry. And I didn't sleep well because I'd be up at, late at night. All these thoughts would crowd in. Um, my digestion was a mess. I was super constipated. My stomach was in knots. And little by little, I started to take these teachings in, which again, are very practical. It's not, um, it's not just how to meditate. It's how to live. It's how to look at things. It's how to, um, connect with, you know, career, how to discern, you know, should I go on a second date with this person? Like, you know, all of it, it's all resonant. It's all so practical. And so I started to go forward. And like I said, I, I just started to understand how to channel my divine will. That first book, again, 10 books or six books ago, 10 years ago, it was very difficult to just sit and focus and write a 300 page book. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a research assistant. I didn't have any ghost writers. It was really like learning to channel my energy, but it, you know, it's like you start to do something and then it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And so I was learning along the way. Um, and here's the thing, life keeps unfolding and I, I continue to make mistakes. It's not that you don't, you know, you do this and like life's perfect. Um, you know, I, I was with somebody we had a child together and then I ended up realizing, you know, this isn't the right person. We're not getting super deep. We're actually like not, instead of going deeper, it's feeling more and more surface. And as I continued to deepen into myself, I realized it was time to separate from that partner. So it was, you know, again, it's not that life is perfect, but it's that this deepening of that intuition, that deepening of the connection to your true self, no matter what's going on, we all have this place of, of peace and deep wisdom inside of us. So even when we stumble, even if it's like, oh, you know, this happened, I wish this happened another way, we're just, it's unfolding. And so everything just becomes more, it just starts to feel more and more aligned. So I was taking a step forward, making the website, then the book started to come. And then I was, you know, feeling uh, more direction. And then, you know, mistakes happen too. Like, you know, try something. I'm like, oh, that was of the ego. That wasn't actually something that felt that great to create, but it's something I thought people wanted. So I was going outside myself versus like what I wanted to share. So those Mm -hmm. lessons were coming. But I can say that, you know, after that breakup, and I talk about this story in the peace chapter, I went into this deep period of, you know, about five months. I met with a monk from the Self-Realization Fellowship, which is Yogananda's Mm -hmm. um, organization. And he said, you know, Kimberly, just treat your home like an ashram, go deep and go into stillness. And so for those five months, you know, my son, my older son there was, he wasn't two yet. And I would put him to bed and then I would just read the scriptures. You know, I was reading the Gita. I was reading these sutras over and over again. I was reading the New Testament of the Bible. I was reading about Buddha. I was reading all these different teachings. I was just meditating so much. And so I was getting to this very still place. And then some months after that, I was at this very random dinner party with someone who came on my podcast. And I was, you know, it was like 12 people there. And I was just like, you know, a little okay, like, you know, what what am I doing here? I just Mm -hmm. said, yes. It was like one of those random things. I didn't really know anybody too much. Um, 
And one of the, you know, the people, the person that organized it was Aubrey Marcus who came on. Anyways, so I was there and boom, there was John, future hubby. And I have to tell you, love, if it had been, uh, you know, a year or two before that, until I had really gotten into this deepening of my true self-connection, I don't think we would ever have gotten together Mm -hmm. because on the surface, he registered as like not safe. He's too different. Um, He was, you know, completely covered in tattoos and not just that, but like he had a gold grill in his teeth mm-hmm. and he was like a huge meat eater, you know, at yeah. the time. And I'm a plant eater, plant-based uh, person. And he was just into like CrossFit and MMA and motorcycles and all this stuff. And so again, if the ego, which is living on the surface of what our two physical eyes can see, we get blocked, we stumble along, we can miss amazing opportunities, we can miss our soulmate. But because I had been following these practices and I had been introspecting and doing these techniques even deeper, kept getting deeper and deeper, I felt this stillness. I felt more of the vision of my third eye come through where I could feel his heart. And I was like, yes. And so he was like, yes to you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'm going on a beach walk tomorrow. And he's like, well, I'll come. And I said, oh, but it's in a few hours. I think we talked about this in the last podcast a little bit. And he came and, you know, we connected and we were together instantly. So I will say that more of that flow, it it keeps unfolding. So now I, I, I lean on that voice. I lean on that connection. And there's just, like I said, just greater synchronicities, more Mm -hmm. just opens up in life. I know it's so beautiful and you guys are such soulmates and we have so much fun with you guys. Oh, I love hanging out with you guys. I know, it's the best. It's the best. Well, you can feel when two people are really in love. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's magical. It's like a, it's a, just a, it's such a deep connection and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for that. And I think, you know, not everybody need, you know, needs or wants partnership mm-hmm. in this lifetime. I certainly have a lot of friends that enjoy being on their own, but I will say for anyone that wants that soulmate partnership, you know, there's a lot I talk about in the love chapter, you are love mm-hmm. about, you know, drawing that in versus, you know, feeling like, oh, I have to be on every dating yeah. app and I'm always just like grasping and running around in the frustration. Instead, we can work to um, shift things from the inside and, and draw that in, which I could say, honestly, that's what happened with, with John. Yeah. There was no pushing. He, it was just a very magnetic occurrence. I love that so much. So what is your biggest tip? I mean, obviously it's in the book, but for people who are seeking love. So... There's a couple of things I have to say about that. Um, there's a story I talk about in the book. Um, I don't know if you've gotten to this chapter, but it's it's something that Yogananda teaches about this deer. It's a Himalayan deer that lives in India. Did you get to this story, mm-hmm. Emma? It's, um, so this deer is, um, it's called a musk deer. I don't know what the, you know, the, the actual, you know, formal terminology is, but they'll say it's, you know, the Himalayan musk deer. And in the spring, this um, secretion of musk is, um, comes from its, a sack underneath its abdomen. And the smell of musk makes the deer very stimulated and very excited. So then the deer starts to want to find where the smell of musk comes from. So he goes underneath rocks and he's searching between the trees and he starts running around and where is this musk coming from? And sometimes, and this is true, the deer gets so so agitated because it can't find the musk that it actually like throws itself over the cliffs and falls to its death. Oh my god! Because it gets so worked up and so frustrated. All along, the musk was coming from inside of them. 
they were the source of the musk. And so in many ways, I feel like this is the way that we approach uh, love, right? Whether it's romantic love or the, you know, love, validation, love from outside of us, wanting to have more fans, followers, likes on social media. That's a form of, you know, so-called like validation and Mm -hmm. love coming in um, versus the understanding that love isn't something we ever get. The love is inside of us. And what happens is certain people light up the love energy inside of us. So even from our soulmate partner, even from my husband, John, he's not giving me love. He's, you know, this vibration that's activating the love inside of me, like this flame and this fire. I'm not getting anything from him. So that's a really big paradigm shift to talk about first is we don't, you know, have to find someone on, you know, whatever Bumble or whatever it is and and get love and get all this stuff. Rather, it's about activating this love. And from that love, because love is a verb, it's not a noun. We start to work with the energy of love. So we put it into action. We do something wonderful for someone else. We give compassion, you know, love in action. So once we start to activate that love, and again, there's specific practices for this in the book, we start to put that energy into an action form. And then that that attracts more partners than you could ever want. Right? You know? Yes, It's very different than like sitting back and trying to get it because now you're working again with that flow, that energy of love in an active form because you've activated it in you. So then it's active Ooh. instead of... Um, it's active instead of being being dormant. Again, so many of these qualities are are dormant. And then when we try to sort of get them in the ways that we've been taught or that we think from the ego, which is out here with the two physical eyes versus activating the energy deep in your core, that's when the arduousness comes in. That's when people complain, oh, there's no good guys left mm-hmm. or no good girls mm-hmm. or whatever it is, or you know, people, um, whatever it is, because we haven't yet, realized how to activate that flame in us. Yes. Yes. That speaks to me so much. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's a powerful shift. It it's is. Powerful. It is. And again, this is, you know, it's not that you don't do any work in, in the, the book. There are practices, there are exercises, there's paradigm shifts, but I will say that it's, it's not more work than what you're doing right now, <laughs> right? right? It's a shift of the work. It's like a shift of energy. It changes everything. Shifting to the positive instead exactly. of focusing on instead the Instead of the pushing. Pushing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that um, is very fulfilling because it's something that we activate from the inside in specific ways. And even if you've read, you know, like self-help books or, you know, I'd read so many, these teachings, which are ancient, you know, we're always looking for like the new study or the mm-hmm. new biohacking thing. There are, there's so much value in old things and really old things. And these ancient practices um, that, you know, I had dusted off these old books of thousands of pages and really synthesized them here. There is, um, you know, that's why I illustrate them with these personal stories and the research of today to show like how applicable this is. This is so powerful. These are the things that have really helped me create this soulmate love and, you know, the business and Saluna and write these books and do all this stuff because um, they're, they're universal truths. They are. And they speak to all of us. 
Okay, let's talk about Sakara, my favorite plant-based meal delivery service that has completely changed my life. If you're looking to change your diet instead of restricting what you eat, what if you focus on nourishing your body with the healthiest and most nutritious food? With Sakara, you're putting the best in your body so that you can feel your absolute best. You want to feel better about everything that you eat, but For a lot of us, we just don't have all the time and we also don't always know how to make the healthiest food taste good. But with Saqqara, they help us reach our health goals without sacrificing taste. Saqqara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients, and they are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. The menu of creative, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly, so you'll never get bored. And it's delivered fresh anywhere in the U.S. Along with their plant-rich meals, they also offer their daily wellness essentials, like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the power of plants as medicine with their best-selling metabolism super powder made with organic raw cacao it works to boost energy eliminate bloating minimize sugar cravings and reduce fatigue and right now sakara is offering our listeners 20 percent off of their first order when you go to sakara.com slash balanced and enter the code blonde 20 at checkout that's sakara s-a-k-a-r-a.com slash balance to get 20 percent off your first order sakara.com slash balanced and enter the code blonde 20 enjoy you guys tag me on instagram when you try i know you're gonna fall in love with sakara just as i have okay let's get back into this episode with kimberly the ancient wisdom is so important to draw on and at least in my life i forgot that for so long or i didn't know that until until the last few years and so reading back on like the yogis and the stoics and all of that they held so much wisdom yeah and life is not that different now than it was then on a soul level yes the world around us is completely changed but on a soul level they have so much wisdom for us so i love that about your book that you're really drawing on yogananda and then sharing in this very accessible way this these original teachings that are not as accessible i mean i originally read his autobiography of a yogi in my teacher training when yoga teacher training when i was like 20 you know 21 and it just didn't speak to me because it wasn't accessible to me yes. at the time. Yes. And also, um, you know, speaking about Yogananda for a moment, just as a brief introduction, he is the one who really brought yoga to the West. So before that, you know, Swami Vivekananda had been here for a time, but he didn't stay. Yogananda felt that call from India where he had a boys school and where he thought his life's work was going to be. And it came down to him, you must bring yoga to the West. And this was for foretold by Lahiri Mahashaya, which was a great yoga guru, a Kriya yogi. Um, and by the way, Kriya yoga, the specific type of yoga, which I talk about in the book, is mentioned twice in the yoga sutras. It's the only specific type of yoga that's mentioned. So it's part of, you know, Raja yoga, these like, you know, taking the best, highest forms of yoga into the most effective system. So it was foretold to his parents who were devotees that he would come to the West and he didn't want to, but it was that call. So he came here and he started, you know, sharing these universal truths. And it was like this bomb went off. It just started to connect to people in such a big way. 
that he met with the president of the United States at the time, who was Calvin Coolidge. He started all these, you know, people started flocking to him to, to hear about these truths because, again, it was so universal and people in the West had never heard of them. And, you know, eventually at the end of his life, Elvis Presley um, started practicing Kriya Yoga and the Beatles and Steve Jobs. The yeah. only book on his iPad was Autobiography of a Yogi when he passed. Yeah. And as, and as it's mentioned in the book, and the, he, it was said he read Yogananda's teachings every year to help activate his creative genius. So it. now I felt this call of like, hey, I see a lot of suffering right now. People are you know, lost, like as far as their purpose, they don't know what they want to do. They feel so much angst of comparison, like being on social media and not feeling good enough or not enough or not pretty enough or not smart enough, or just, you know, I just feel like now more than ever, these teachings are meant to come back into the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like I said, this book doesn't feel like mine. It's just more like, here are the teachings. This is how it's really applicable to modern day with these stories. Mm -hmm. And then the science for the discerning mind to show like more and more science develops. It actually supports what these teachings right. held. There's so much wisdom. Um, so yeah, Yo Yogananda was, was, was on that path of showing this, this wisdom was universal and it could be applied to anyone, whether you are agnostic, you have no faith, or you have faith, you are, you know, a Catholic or a Jew or a Muslim or Hindu or whatever you are. These are universal truths. You can take that connection to self. You can take meditation into wh wherever you are in your life. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's really for everybody. Yes, absolutely. I love it so much. So inspiring. And you have such a gift of making it digestible and making it practical, which yes. is the subtitle of your book, <laughs> and sharing your stories because people relate to your life and the modern day stories and looking for love and overcoming self-esteem issues and everything that you talk about in the beginning. Oh my and gosh. All, all of it, love. I feel like, um, you know, I, I've been through a, a lot. We've all been through a lot. And there was that moment where, you know, I just, my life was just not turning out the way I wanted it to be. It was, you know, that period where I was a new mom. Um, my son wasn't one yet when my mom passed. I was a new mom. And then all of a sudden I lost my mom, which was like a big one. And then some months after that, I became a single mom. And, you know, in my family, it was, you know, kind of this, this feeling, this, this belief, like you, you work it out, like no matter what you work it out, there's no divorce. It's like not how it happens. And so I was just sort of, you know, in this time where I felt really low self-esteem and you know, I had this big label of myself, single mom, and I didn't know if I would ever find love again. And I really felt like a failure you know, when you go through something like that and like a relationship ends, there's that like, I don't know, it's weird because you think of failure in a job, but I, I felt like a failure in my life. Mm -hmm. And so again, it was that time of great struggle where I started to like really lean on the teachings and look what emerged from it. It took time, but I started to rebuild my relationship to trust. And I didn't realize that I had such a broken relationship with trust. And I talk about this in the book, we have to have trust of life, trust of this greater plan, trust of the voice of the true self. Otherwise we stay in fear 
we stay in a very small life. We stay limited. We stay like just playing on the surface with like all these egoic things and trying to hustle and be liked from the outside. We take things really personally, which you and I were talking about. We feel those slights. We feel that annoyance. We feel, you know, competitive with other people. But there is a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm so passionate about sharing. There is a way to go deeper beyond that. And the suffering and the struggle gets so much less. So I'm not saying that I don't still stumble sometimes and fall into those tendencies, but I can say with honesty, with sincerity, it's like 95% better from these teachings, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's available to everybody. And so this is the time I think to really, you know, take a hold of this that's available to all of us. I think it's our birthright Mm -hmm. to just shift our lives and to open up our lives in this different way. And we don't have to play into the limitations of the ego anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a deeper way to live with so much more joy and so much more expansiveness. Yeah. So much into the flow, Mm -hmm. so much less suffering. And the other thing I want to say is that I think we live in this, this world where it feels like like a lot of uh, limitations, right? Like, oh, there's only so much of this and da, da, da. And like, I don't know. It just feels like, oh, this field may feel really crowded. There's so many people already trying to be designers Mm -hmm. or nutritionists or whatever it is. And I will say that what these teachings very, very clearly state, and this comes also from from the Bhagavad Gita, is that, each and every single one of us is spirit individualized. That means each of us has a very unique blueprint. So when we learn to work with that blueprint and we learn to work with that energy, it's, we become these, these warriors, right? These warriors, we start to, to, we start to intuit how we fit into the greater plan. So along with just, you know, wanting us to be successful, we start to naturally include serving others and helping others in all the unique ways. You know, it's not just, oh, I volunteer, but, oh, I really, you know, create this company that has this beautiful company culture that inspires others. Or I work at Starbucks right now, but I bring so much joy to each customer that comes, however we bring that energy. So we become these, these warriors and more energy starts to come in and we include this service to others. And when we start to tap into that, I don't care what field you're in. I don't care what you're trying to create. You create something so unique. You don't have to worry about being competitive with other people because there really is just you. So all this energy we waste on what such and such doing and like, oh my God, look at how much, oh, like this is, you know, Mm -hmm. she's doing this whole retreat on social media and like (laughs) I only had two people signed up for my retreat. Whatever that is. Yes, we have to do dynamic will. Yes, we have to use right action. But at the same time, we just feel this, um, we just feel like we said this openness, this expansion, this creativity come in where what used to feel so arduous and so much of a struggle doesn't have to feel like that anymore. Yes, completely. And that makes me think about social media in general and just how much time so many of us waste by comparing our lives, not even on purpose. Like none of us get on social media with the intention of comparing our lives and and scrolling and not feeling good about ourselves anymore. 
but it happens. It happens happens to the best of us. It happens all the time. And so something that we were talking about a little earlier was like taking social media breaks when you feel called to do that too, especially while doing this work. And I think reading your book, this will ignite that feeling in people of feeling inspired to just not want to live that way anymore. Cause we don't have to, we don't have to be trapped in our minds in that way. Totally. And I will say like two practical tips for social media, like right now yes, is, tell is, us, tell us, please. is number one, connect in to the true self before you go on social media. So ideally you would spend at least, you know, if it was five minutes, seven minutes, at the close to when you wake up, meditating, finding stillness before you go on social media. That way you are, you are connected to this well, this deeper well of, of peace and um, again, just support for yourself. And it's easier to go back and drink from the well during the middle of the day, once you drank from it in the beginning of the day. So uh, I put out these practical enlightenment meditations every week now. They're free. You can find them on our Saluna app or on our website. And they're about seven minutes. And there's different ones for grounding, for activating your solar energy, all these different ones. So if you want to check them out or any meditation that resonates with you, I definitely recommend getting centered in yourself before you go out because otherwise Mm -hmm. the ego takes over. And then my second tip is to really batch when you're on social media. So very, just like the way you brush your teeth in the morning at night, you have to create a schedule. Like I'm on from, I'm just making this up eight to 8.20, I check in. And then I go on like 12 to 12.15 or whatever it is, like, you know, whatever, evening time. If we're getting these alerts and like we're kind of going on like haphazardly throughout the Mm -hmm. day, we get pulled. Our energy starts to dissipate out of the true self because we get so caught up in what other people are doing. Those little dings of like, oh, look at how many more followers she has. Oh, look at she can afford these amazing outfits and you can't or whatever it is. The voice of the ego starts to crowd in. So we want to center ourselves first and then we want to really batch when we're on there. You guys, you know what time it is. It is time to talk about Olipop, the healthy alternative to soda. Olipop tastes just like the sodas we all grew up with, but without the spoonfuls of sugar or any artificial ingredients. They have delicious, nostalgic flavors like vintage cola, classic root beer, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, and strawberry vanilla. They use functional ingredients that combine the benefits of prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals to support your gut microbiome and benefit your digestive health. What I probably love the absolute most about Olipop is that they are so much lower in sugar than conventional sodas, with only two to five grams of sugar from natural sources and no added sugar. You guys know I live a sugar-free lifestyle, so this is very important in order to be TBB approved. Their vintage cola has only two grams of sugar as compared to a regular Coca-Cola, which has just about 40 grams and nobody needs that. All of their products are non-GMO, vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly with less than 8 grams net carbs per can. They are so confident that you will love their products that they offer a 100% money-back guarantee for orders placed through their website. We have worked out an exclusive deal for our TBB listeners where you can receive 20% off plus free shipping 
on their best-selling variety pack. This is a great way to try all of their delicious flavors. Go to drinkollipop.com slash blonde or simply use the code blonde at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P.com slash blonde. This discount is only valid for their variety pack. You can also find them in over 3,000 stores across the country if you want to shop in person, including Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Wegmans, and Arawan. Okay, now let's get back into this episode. Such good tips. I know I'm thinking about my morning this morning before I saw you. It was totally the opposite of what you're saying. <laughs> and typically I've I've been pretty consistent with my centering and grounding, meditating. Not today. And usually on Wednesdays when the podcast comes out every Wednesday, it, you know, I wake up and I'm I I always feel pulled. Oh, I should just like share about it right away because I don't want my guests to feel like I'm not excited and all this stuff. I get right on social media. We have this new podcast artwork that that I like, but it needs some tweaks. And so I was just having this super frenetic morning of like, oh my God, my new artwork. I like the (laughs) old artwork. I Why did I do that? And all this stuff. And it's just, it's so silly. It's like, I always joke. I don't really feel like such a human. I feel like I'm some from from somewhere else. It was such a human morning. It was such a caught up in the little things morning. And these the tips that you're sharing are super helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what, love? We're, we're still going to have those mornings because it's not about being perfect. Mm-hmm. But the more mornings we feel the difference. That's the other thing, like Yogananda was very clear about this. This isn't about accepting any teachings blindly, right? It's about experiencing it in yourself. And I talk about this here, test it for yourself. And when you start to do these practices and techniques and meditations, you will notice mm-hmm. a difference in yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you will actually want to do the practices. It's not so exactly. arduous over time. In the beginning, it may feel restless or like, oh gosh, I have to sit and write this out or whatever it is. But over time, you start to feel such a difference. Very naturally, your lifestyle starts to shift. And sometimes, you know, things get crazy and the morning gets off and you take a step back and you're like, okay, that was a, more, a hectic morning. So tomorrow I'm going to really, you know, mm-hmm. try to get back to it. So we yeah. keep recorrecting. Yeah, we learn from these experiences that are not as fun. Well, I don't want to have another morning like that. So yes. I want to feel good. So yes. tell us what's your, what does your daily spiritual practice look like? So for me, um, I have shifted my whole lifestyle. I will say, um, even since Moses was born, because in the beginning, you'll see very soon, my love, newborn phase. <laughs> It's, you know, it's hard to create a real schedule when baby is up every two hours and everything is is crazy. Um, but for me now, I, he, again, he's 16 months. So this is down the road, but now I know when he wakes up generally, which is around 5.30. So I go to bed very, like much earlier than I used to. I try to go to bed now, ideally by 9.30. Whereas, you know, there was times I went to bed at like 11 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So hubby and I have made a commitment to going to bed earlier because we want our time together, which means family dinner is earlier. You know, all the stuff we put, you know, we get up earlier to work. So we finish work earlier. So we had that time together in the evening after Moses is in bed and Emerson, my older son. So my spiritual practice is, um, first of all, I need a, a break an actual delineation between the day and when I start to go into that quiet time. For me, that's a shower. So a warm shower means no more emails, the end of work, the end of, you know, futzing around. And so I take a shower. And when I do that, not only is the water hitting my skin, 
but I imagine that I'm letting go of the day. And I just like imagine that the water is like this warm white light just sort of coming down and cleansing any like hooks, cords, attachments with other people. Just, you know, the like endless to-do list. I just imagine it going down the drain, getting recycled energetically. And then I kind of prepare myself for bed. I do my, you know, skincare routine, like all of that. I touch my skin. And then I do my evening meditation practice. And that is generally, you know, I like it to be 30 minutes or so. If I have time, I go further. And then in the morning, I have to say now I wake up. This is so, you know, again, this may sound like, oh my God. But now that I've been meditating now for 12 years, I do get up and I like to meditate at least an hour before the children are awake, which means generally waking up around 4.30 in the morning. So then I'll sit right up in bed. Um, you know, I have my meditation spot that I go to during nap times or in the middle of the day, but right now it's just practical because I can hear if the baby wakes up earlier, I just have more time. So I'll sit right up in bed, face towards an altar. We have this altar in the corner of our bedroom and I sit up and I do the practices that I teach in the practical enlightenment meditations. Um, and also in the book and I do that, you know, I try to do it for an hour. It doesn't always happen if he happens to get up early or whatever, but I do it first thing before emails, mm -hmm. before text, before social media. And I feel that pull sometimes because a lot of my Saluna team is on the East Coast, but I still really do that. And oh my gosh, it makes a very big difference. Then the craziness starts, right? The kids come in and I have to make lunch. I have to do a million things by eight o'clock. There's like school lunches, diaper changes, getting them both dressed, you know, um, driving my older son to, to school. But what I do is I play, um, I chant during that period. So sometimes it's just the, the Bija mantras, like, you know, the, the Ram, the Vam, like working with different chakra energies, or sometimes it's some mantras by Krishna Das or someone I love, but I like to keep that morning time in the chaos still very, um, you know, spiritual, mm -hmm. just very connected in before I really get into like speaking and writing into the day. So um, the chanting part is something I like to do as well. Wow. That, that morning is my goals for a spiritual morning. And you know, what I'm hearing, which I totally relate to also, is that when you feel that spirituality shift your life, you just make your life, you, you make it a spiritual life. Okay. Now I'm, ha I'm speaking in total pregnancy brain, but your whole life is kind of this moving mantra at this point. Like you do your meditation, that's the moment. But also when you're in chaos and you're with your kids, you're chanting and you're listening to the music and, and all of that. I feel like you probably do that all throughout your day. Well, yeah. And listen, love, like I'm saying, I've been doing this now for 12 years. So this did not happen right away. Um, I, up until, you know, last year, I would stay up. I like to have, you know, dinners and hang out with friends a lot and drink wine sometimes or just like do whatever at night. And that was something that was really, um, you know, important to me. I really liked a lot of social time in the evening. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I, I like hanging out with friends a lot at night too. Like, believe me, I get it. And I was there for a very long time. Doesn't mean I don't see friends. <laughs> but what it means is I sort of like direct things in a different way. So I may say to a friend, let's go for a hike, like in the middle of the day, let's have brunch instead of dinner. Yes. Right. So it, it just naturally shifts 
not forcing because I want to go to bed earlier. So it doesn't have to feel like, oh my God, I have to do this because I have to get up and meditate. It's like, it makes me feel really good. Like you said, it's this feeling. It, it just feels better to me. Mm-hmm. So the lifestyle starts to shift. And yes, there are time periods of newborn, you're pregnant, you're up late and your back hurts. And I've been there too. And sometimes it's not always going to look so clean. There's a lot of messy periods in life and that's part of it, going with the flow. Right. But I will say that, you know, a few weeks ago, we just launched the pre-sales of the book and I was so excited. We had all this stuff come out, like the new course that we're giving away for free. And I just felt so good. And then I started getting these like text messages and like these DMs and these comments, like, oh, none of the links were. Oh no. So I meditated that morning. I had this whole thing and I was just like, oh, I went on. I was like, wow, none of the links work, you know? And we had just done this big announcement and our email went out. So like my ego was like, oh my God, you're losing all these pre-sales. You have to catch people at the moment, like blah, 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 blah. And then the, the, the true self part of me was like, it's okay. Just handle it. So then I emailed, you know, I reached out to Caitlin, called Caitlin, our GM. I was like, hey, like none of the links work. And she was like, oh yeah, tech glitches. She's like, don't worry, I'm going to handle it. And I say this because, you know, last book, the last book, which came out, you know, a few years ago, 2019, I would have been like, oh my God, like the world's End ending. The world. Like that event yes. is so public. Ah! Yes. And I can say that, like, oh my God, I made progress. Because I just said, okay, we're going to meet each moment as it comes. So it doesn't mean that shit doesn't go down. But what it means is we can bring more of that, that stable, true self energy to, to each mm-hmm. moment, you know, the Buddha talks about like not being assailed by the past or the present, but meeting each moment mm-hmm. with just more um, clarity and a lot more equanimity. And then things just get worked out in an easier way. It doesn't have to be this big drama, mm-hmm. not to get so ruffled up, which then ends up like, you know, shifting the vibration and it shifts the people on your team's vibration. They can feel when you're riled up and it just sort of is this like cascade effect you know, versus dealing with it mm-hmm. deal with it and deal with it. It's okay. Yes, <laughs> Nothing yes. is so serious. I know that's the thing. I mean, when we get out of our heads and we come back into that heart space and that soul space, things like technology and the links not working, it's laughable, but in our lives, oh my God, like end of the world, I could totally relate. And it's so, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's part of this this ride of being a human. And so you dealt with it in a really beautiful way. And it's cool to see how far you've come saying that a couple of years ago, it would have just derailed your day. And that stuff is hard, but it's also like, you know, when we know what's important and we know what we're here for is love and service and joy and this abundance. We're like, whatever, it's all going to, it's people who are meant to get the book are going to check the link again in a couple hours. It's not this seriousness. Mm -hmm. When you were talking love, I have to tell you another funny example of this, which was um, October 12th is me and hubby's anniversary. Mm -hmm. The day after my birthday. (laughs) Yeah. Being the, like the, the, the balanced sign that you are. Um, so anyways, you know, we wanted to do something special or whatever, but we were in Hawaii where, you know, we just got this farm and you've been to the farm. Yes. Oh my gosh. So you came to visit home. me. We got to be your first you house guest. our first house guest on our land, which was so sacred. So I love so that time we so had together. To me too. But anyway, so we were back then, we were back there and then it's our, it's hard traveling with two children mm-hmm. again, 16 month old and five year old. Our, 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 um, night flight, our red eye, they're both asleep. We got on the plane. 
gets canceled. There's a mechanical <sighs> failure. So we had to go home. Now it's the morning of our anniversary. We get to the airport, flight's delayed another four hours. So we're not going to make it back in time to do any sort of dinner or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we're on this flight for our anniversary. And I have to tell you, these kids were like, their sleep schedule was disrupted. It was a nightmare. We were sitting three seats across, but Moses, just like his schedule was off. So he, he throws up all over me, like guava, it smelled like guava at least, but it was all the guava <laughs> he overate from our tree. Yes. So I'm covered in, in barf for this like five hour flight, older son. Um, there's no, like none of the screens are working. So he's just like crazy. And just like, we're trying to entertain him. And then Moses, like just going through all the like dirty diapers and, you know, we're just kind of in this like very messy, chaotic, uh, plane trip. We're all exhausted. And I looked over at my husband and we just start laughing. His Hysterically. And we're like, this is our anniversary. <laughs> this is amazing. And then he he surprised me. He's like, I'm going to the bathroom. And he like snuck to the back of the plane. And he talked to the flight attendants and they said, we have a very special thing. We all need to participate in now. It's, you know, saying happy anniversary to Kimberly Aww. from our husband, John. And it was like in the middle of this messiness, this joy that I felt like, oh, just so much gratitude. It was the most special anniversary. It was so memorable. Yes. And so it's like when we don't take things so seriously too, these expectations of like, it has to look this way. You know, my wedding has to be exactly like this or, you know, this um, event or this post or this dinner or whatever it is. We have mm -hmm. to celebrate this exact way. It's like, it doesn't have to be that exact way. No, it doesn't have to be. And then we can meet the moment and enjoy the moment rather than be so attached to what we thought it should have been. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's just this relaxed way of living because we're living from this deeper place, this deeper true self connection. And again, all this surface stuff, all this like egoic pull, um, which is really the pseudo self telling us it has to be like this, expecting it has to look like this and whatever it's not true mm -hmm. and we don't have to buy into it anymore. So life exactly. just so much more natural, so much more fun, so much more joyful, so much more peace. And again, I say it again and again, love, because I used to be that anxious mess. I say it is available to all of us. If I'm able to get to this, you know, much deeper peace, I know everybody can as well. I totally feel that. I love that story. That's so good. If you can enjoy yourself in that moment, which is true, it's like you have this beautiful family that you've manifested into your life. And so when you zoom out, it is yeah. funny. It's, it's like, so oh my funny. God, like I got, you know, beyond my, the plane with my kids and my husband and I just can so feel it. I so relate. John, <laughs> you know, Jonathan, Jonathan yes. is quirky and hilarious and he would do, he would be the same way. I think, you know, totally. And, and you guys will see like, as this and we will see the because it's, it's coming just, for us. It's coming. And I just, you know, I think that, you know, we have to find those moments in the sleeplessness, especially mm -hmm. like with babies and like life just starts to, you know, hormones are adjusting. You know, I just say like, you know, find the humor keep it light. You know, I remember when Moses was born and I'd been up all night and, you know, Bobby or Emerson was in our bed and I was like trying to change the diaper. Like Moses like pooped all over his pants. I was like trying to change and I bent down to pick something up and then he peed all over my head. And <laughs> it was just like a moment of like, you could either cry or you can laugh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Try to laugh. And that's true spirituality too. Something that I really got from Ram Dass is 
humor and the spirituality. Yeah. Yes. The more that I go deeper into his work and his books and his quotes, like he was always talking about the humor of this life. Like it's not that serious. And Yogananda says that as well. He's like, you know, think of life like this play. We're just sort of in this body right now when we're acting out, we're playing out this drama, but it's, it's like a movie screen. It's like, you know, pixelation. It's, it's not all there is. So don't take it so seriously. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm -hmm. so dire. We can, we can tune into that. Like I said, this, this, this equanimity, this, this well of peace, this well of feeling more grounded at any moment where we step back, we pull back from getting pulled into the drama that the egoic pull, we can start to just disconnect more and more from that and live from this deeper place. Exactly. Yes. Living from the deeper place. Yes. And we have to tell the listeners that when we look in each other's eyes, the whole room melts away. My it's gosh. the shape shifting beyond. I have to tell you, love, when we, before we started the podcast, I, I was like, oh, like, what are, what are we doing here? Oh, we're going to start doing I a know. podcast because when you and I sit together, this happened on the porch. Mm-hmm. Last time you came, you guys mm-hmm. came over for dinner where everything goes away. I look into your soul and then I see my soul, like the oneness just starts to like, mm-hmm. and it's really like, I look, I'm getting goosebumps again. Yes. It, um, it's sacred. I know. It's profound. I know. It's so beautiful. It, it I love you could so make much. me cry. I love you so much. I'm so thankful for you. Oh, Your cold hands feel so good. You're probably freezing in my apartment. I know that you. It's drink just my hands. It's always like I always day. have. Yeah, I, it's true. Yes. I always have that cold hand yes. thing going on. I'm having like a major pregnancy, like hot day. I remember yes, those days. You know, you totally know. And Huddy, he just wants to be close to you. He's been watching you this whole time. Oh my gosh, I love him. I remember he's him. He's so special. From our last podcast. He's, I mean, he's my everything. Talk about a wise soul. We also stare into each other's eyes, and I see him shift into all these different animals and sp- spirits, and wow, so many souls coming through on his face, and he teaches me so much. Wow. My little six-year-old. Amazing. Is he old? Is Emerson five? or He's five. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be six next year. Okay. Huddy's older. (laughs) So crazy. (laughs) I can't believe I've had him for six years. So crazy. Wow. I know. Oh my gosh. So beautiful. So final question for this conversation, at least, is um, do you have a favorite chapter of this book or a favorite piece of this book? Ooh. I mean, I feel... I feel connected to all of it, obviously. Like it channeled through, but um there's a there's a chapter that right now in this moment, and maybe this is because I'm in the midst of the book launch that's really speaking to me, and it's the chapter on being a warrior. And I didn't, I wouldn't have used that term to describe myself. I, I don't think it in the past. And it may not be a term that, you know, many of us think of within ourselves, but this is basically what the whole Gita is about. The whole Bhagavad Gita is this bringing forth the warrior inside of us and channeling it out with focus, perseverance, this ability to overcome obstacles and serve. So for me right now, that chapter, 
You know, and I talk about um, Ruth Zuckerman in that chapter who came on my podcast and she was a single mom too. And she started Soul Cycle and Flywheel, Flywheel when she was in her 50s. And she was just as beautiful. She's so kind. She's so humble. So this expression of the warrior, it can be very gentle. It can be the divine feminine playing out. It can be all of these things, but there is this part of us that we can activate this warrior quality. And when we start to learn to do that and tap in, we create so much goodness in the world. We can create our dreams and include the good of others. And it just is so fulfilling and amazing. And we can all do it in our own unique ways. Um, so for me, that that warrior chapter um, comes to mind first. I love that. I love that. I always love asking authors what their what their favorite because everyone has that you know that part that speaks and it might change over time but that part that just sticks out to you and yes. is so special and the, the other quick story I just want to mention too that stuck out to me is um the love chapter again I taught the story about the deer but there's a story where my whole perspective of love shifted because I was blessed to be able to hold my mother in my arms at the hospital when she took her last breath and so um, sharing about, you know, love, love is a verb, love is action, um, getting past all this different fear. Um, I think that love chapter will speak to a lot of people mm -hmm. too. And of course the soulmate love, the relationship love, but I think that is truly needed in the world today. Um, I think there's a lack of self-love, a lack of real connection to love inside. There's a lot of, you know, trying to get a partnership love and, you know, maybe not the most aligned, easeful ways. So I think that's a big one too. Definitely. Oh, people are going to love that chapter on love. Yeah. <laughs> all, all about the love. So tell everybody where they can find this book and where they can find you and when it's coming out officially, because we're kind of doing this early, which amazing is amazing. Love. Well, this is November now. And what's what's really special is we are in this amazing pre-sale period. So if you go to mysaluna.com slash you are more, or you go to you know Amazon, Barnes and Noble, target.com, anywhere where you get books and you pre-order the book today, um, when a physical copy of the book, you can actually go to mysaluna.com and you can start reading the first few chapters of the book immediately. That's so cool. Including the fearlessness chapter, which is very important. Again, we said that's that first soul quality to move through. And if you get two physical books, very special, you will get instant access to watching our full course on fear, which is called Beyond Fear, Awakening Freedom to Live Your Best Life. And it's practices, meditations. Um, there's 13 uh, lectures, talks I give. And this is the first time ever I am partly teaching with my husband, John. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah, so I he's need in to the go course. watch these. He's teaching um, four of the modules with me. So it's very special. So, um, you know, the pre-order period is not just waiting until January when the book comes, but it's actually getting to have the whole course and get the chapters now. So check it out there, mysaluna.com with two L's and also on social at underscore Kimberly Snyder. Those are amazing offerings. Mm -hmm. I'm so blown away by you. I'm like, how do you even find <laughs> the time to create, to film all of that? I mean, it's so special. It's oh, so, thank you, so my special. Love. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Everybody needs this book. I'm so excited for everyone to read it. This symbol, the butterfly on the front, we talked about it when we were yes. at your house. It's so pretty. I think Jonathan said, you should get it tattooed on your body if you ever get a <laughs> tattoo. You but know, yeah, it, it just came through this, this image, this after the title came, you are more than you think you are. 
I feel like the butterfly really embodies that when we were in this little cocoon of darkness and like stuck in the ego. And then we start to take flight and realize, yeah, I am mm-hmm. so much more. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. It's transformative. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy Thank for you. you. My love. Everyone listening, you guys got to get the book. You're more than you think you are. You guys are all going to love it. And I'm just so happy that we got to do this. Thank you so much, my love. I love you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful for our sacred connection. Me too. So thankful. I love you so, so much. Love you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Kimberly. She is such a powerhouse. She's someone who always inspires me. I know you're going to love her new book. It was so fun to have her on and have a different conversation that deviates from our usual topics about plant-based nutrition and wellness. And we all know that a huge part of wellness is spirituality, especially here on TBB Podcast. So I know you guys will just love her book and also listening to her talk about it inspired me because you guys know I've been working on a couple of books for a long time and so many of these principles stick out to me as just things that are so important to talk about and share and spread into the world and I felt the whole the same way the whole time that I was reading her book so thank you guys for being here if you feel inspired to rate and review the show on iTunes send me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancebond.com so I can thank you by sending you my free yoga ebook and I also want to thank our incredible sponsors from today's show Art of Tea I'm so excited to be working with Art of Tea again and just check the show notes for all of the amazing discount codes and links for these brands and Sakara Life and also Olipop Healthy Soda. So check them out. Every time you guys support these brands, you are supporting the show. You're supporting me. You are making it easier for me to release these episodes deep into my pregnancy. And I cannot tell you how much I I really appreciate that. And I only, as always, work with brands that I love and use in my everyday life. So you guys, you guys are getting all the goods. And I know that you're going to love all of these brands. They also make incredible gifts for the upcoming holidays. So let's get excited for all of that good stuff to come. I hope everyone's having an amazing November. We will be back next week with a solo episode. I'm about to record it next. I'm really excited because it's been a while since we've connected solo style and they're my personal favorite along with having incredible guests like Kimberly on. It's another favorite. So thank you for being here. I love you guys. If you have not subscribed to the show, please subscribe. It helps us a lot with visibility and then you get the episode straight to your phone every week. I love you. Have a soul on fire day. We'll talk soon. Mm